Can you believe it? This is the one year anniversary special of motherhood in Hollywood. And I'm calling it a special because I've got a lot of special things in store for you today. More importantly, I want to tell you that this episode is sponsored by Up4 Probiotics. Up4 has been manufacturing probiotics since 1979, you guys. That means they know what they're doing. They have products for everybody in your family from infants to seniors, and they have clinically studied and trademarked their super strain. So you know these probiotics work. They've been tested. They've been around for a long time. You definitely want to check them out. And one of the cool parts, you guys, they're available in Target. At your local Target store, you can just pick up your Up4 probiotics whenever you're out doing your shopping, buying your pantyhose, buying your probiotics. There you go. You can also go to up4probiotics.com to find out more information about Up4 and how they're helping make you healthy from the inside out. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hey, everyone. This is episode 52 of Motherhood in Hollywood. Yay! Um, if I understand calendars correctly, that means I have officially been podcasting for one year. And I am shocked and amazed and overwhelmed. Um, all of the adjectives, all the feels uh, about how everything's been going over the last year. It has been such a fun journey and such a fun ride for me. I'm incredibly grateful and appreciative to all of my friends who have supported this show. I feel like I'm giving like a like an award speech here, but I'm truly beyond grateful to everybody who supported this show from the beginning. I started with nothing and now I'm a millionaire. No, wait, that's not correct. That's not right. I want to take just a minute to say thank you to all of my guests who have come on the show over the last year. I've had now 52 guests um, who have taken time out of their busy schedules to talk with me uh, and share their stories on motherhood in Hollywood. And I'm eternally grateful. And also want to let you guys know, I've got some really fun things planned for the next year. We're going to be doing another live episode, but it's going to be live with a twist, live with a twist. And also I'm going to be introducing a few more segments on the show. So you guys will have to be listening for that. And motherhood in Hollywood is going to be um, expanding a little bit. Ooh, don't want to get into the details yet, but definitely be on the lookout for that. You're going to see some growth from uh, motherhood in Hollywood, not just the podcast, but motherhood in Hollywood on the website and online as well. Um, I started this podcast with just an idea and it expanded into a full-fledged business now where, <clears throat> pardon me, I have sponsors. Thank you to Up4 and Bumby Box and Kinsa and everybody uh, who has worked with me over the last year. I look forward to working with, you know, even more people who want to be a part of what I'm doing with motherhood in Hollywood. Honestly, like just my heart just wells up um, when I think about it. So thank you guys so much. I'm going to be doing things a little differently in this episode. I'm not going to do my usual mommy monologue because there's somebody here with me. Hi. Hello. Hi. 
How are you? I'm all blushy. Um, <laughs> this is um, my husband, my quality control um, listener, my <laughs> spell checker, my spell checker. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, he does a little bit of everything, ladies and gentlemen. Joining me in the, in the Motherhood in Hollywood studio today is my husband, Chris Brooker. Hi, Hi everybody. Hi. You have bravely and lovingly listened to every single episode. Sometimes twice. Sometimes twice <laughs> of Motherhood in Hollywood. 51 times. You are you are the I'm, true fan. I'm not listening to this one. You, you, you can don't just forget have to. <laughs> I may have you listened to it. <laughs> I may have you listened to it anyway, just for quality control sake, <laughs> in case there's not any like weird glitches. Um, honestly, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to so many uh, episodes, even some that I'm sure you weren't 100% interested in. If they, if they were bad episodes, or if it was like continually bad, I probably would have just told you I was listening to them, but okay. they're so good. Let's clarify. I haven't had any bad episodes. No, no, you haven't. Uh, no, and that's not what I meant. <laughs> what a jerk. That's not what I meant. If the, okay, let me rephrase. I, I need you closer to the mic. I don't know if you've ever been in radio before. No, it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a long but, time. But stop moving away from the mic. All right. <laughs> if there were bad episodes or if I didn't actually enjoy listening to them, that's the point I was trying to make, uh-huh. um, I wouldn't have done it. Why would you? Or I would have just lied to you. Yeah, you would have just lied. Perfect. And that's the stuff <laughs> marriage, marriage is built on. <laughs> 15 glorious years with this gorgeous man. Um, so thank you for being my guest on the show today. You're very welcome. I'm so honored. I would have thought you just would have run a clip show or something. I'm going to. Oh, I see. <laughs> so, it's not, so it's not just about me. It's not just about you. Oh, that's, there's oh, the rub. dare you. There's the rub. Um, are you nervous? A little, a little bit. Are you really? Yeah. Because you know there's thousands of people. I'm talking listening. to literally dozens of people right now. I know. And, uh... Hi, Mary. <laughs> Hi, Natalie. <laughs> I think that's about it. That about covers it. Um, and my friend Nikki just called. It was like she knew we were recording a PCAST. Um, this is going to be a weird episode for me, too, because I talk to you every day. Mm-hmm. And also, you know how super private I am. Yep. And like, you are the one person in the world that knows everything. It's true, you guys. I know all the dirt. All the dirt. Um, so you will have to um, proofread my tell-all. Definitely. When I write it <laughs> for the throngs of motherhood and Hollywood listeners. Um, I'm nervous to have you on. Why? I don't know, because I'm not, I mean, I don't want to be, it's weird to be interviewing your husband, but. You don't want to get all schmoopy? I don't want to get all schmoopy, like, because there's a part of me that wants to be like, I love you so much. <laughs> um, and also just talk about things that we don't normally get to talk about when Channing's here, because we are constantly being interrupted. True. We literally have, I think maybe 15 minutes a day to total to complete a conversation or a thought sometimes. Yeah. We've got to like split conversations up. Right. Like, like we'll talk for 10 minutes and then go deal with something, go deal with something, go deal with something and then go back to the conversation. Right. Like a half an hour or an hour later. Right. And then it's like, what were we talking about? What were we talking about? And there's a lot of repeating going <laughs> yes. on. Yes. I feel like though that that's probably going to be our lives for a long time. We're going to be repeating that you already repeat stories. Well, I'm old. You are old. And like you, <laughs> that's what old people do. My little, old I'm man. embracing it. I'm you embracing are embracing it. Um, I promise not to get schmoopy for everything you say. Okay, good. That might get old. Mm. Deafening silence from the podcast world. I know. As people start tuning out. <laughs> Please don't go. Um. So when I first told you that I wanted to do a podcast, were you like, oh man? 
No, not at all. <laughs> Were you like, that sounds like a lot of work. Well, yes, it does sound like a lot of work. I didn't actually know how much work you were going to put into it. Mm -hmm. Like, when you told me this over a year ago that this is something you kind of wanted to do, I, I thought it was great because I knew you were looking for that outlet. You're, you're wanting to something that you could, you know, explore creatively and, you know, just expand, you know. Um, Not You don't mean get fatter. <laughs> I, I realized the minute I said the word expand. You know you're not going to be able to get away with anything. Yeah. Uh, but you know what I mean. I knew it's yeah. something that you wanted to explore. And I and I know you throw yourself into things like 100% mm -hmm. or 110% sometimes. And you really went for it. Like, um, I believe the phrase is balls deep. Balls deep. Balls deep into the podcast. Yeah. And, uh, you, and you did it. You, you put it all together. And it, you, you put a great product together. And uh, I think it sounds great. Tell me more about how great I am, because that's really the <laughs> that's point. That's the point of the podcast. Of this episode, it it's all just ego stroking, self masturbatory. Like I'm so wonderful. Um, no, but it, the main part of the reason why I wanted to have you on too was because you, out of all my friends, mm -hmm. or mo you know, most everybody, I think, I think Mary has probably listened to all of them from the beginning. Um, I know Adam was listening to all of them for a while, and I think eventually... Like you know, Heather does, I think. I think yeah. Heather... Oh, and yeah, yeah Heather yeah. does too. Yeah. Um, so I know I have, like, out of our core friends, there's a, quite a few that... We have three. <laughs> that have listened to... We have three. I love you guys. <laughs> Thank you for your love, for your support. Um, that have listened to all of them, but you, more so out of everybody, have seen, A, what goes on behind the scenes mm -hmm. when I'm constantly struggling to, like, get it together, do research, look up my guests ask good questions mm -hmm. um and then if something falls through or i'm not happy with how it comes out like you get to see me be frustrated where i don't always show that side of it um all of the stuff i'm doing behind the scenes or maybe it doesn't come through i mean i talk about it i vent a little bit on the podcast you do but it's not it, it's nothing compared to what goes on behind the scenes i've seen you scramble yeah i've seen you up at two in the morning scrambling writing. trying to find a guest or writing or yeah. something like that I've, so so there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that i think a lot of people don't realize yeah. and uh it's not just opening up a mic and talking shit for an hour yeah it's it's literally but that's a good part of it no that's a good part but that's the fun part <laughs> right, right? right that's right. the fun part is talking to people and interviewing and this is something that you're doing that's creative but it let you also explore the reporting side of things that i know you've missed yeah yeah and i do miss that i do miss that um sometimes because you know i still work in news a little bit and no i didn't know that oh really yeah. <laughs> smart out that's gonna be a long interview <laughs> if you're gonna do that a lot of editing <laughs> oh god and here's where the marriage falls apart <laughs> <laughs> episode 52. It just deconstructs live. It'll be your most popular episode. I'm still releasing week. it, no matter what. <laughs> no matter what. Um, I Because uh, I still work in news, and there are times when I see like break, breaking news stories and stuff where I'm like, oh, I want to get out there and, and cover this. I think, though, that if I was still reporting, it would be a different perspective and a little bit different way I would do it now. Because you've you were with me back in the old days because we've been dating since well dating we started dating in college mm -hmm. um when we were both really young and a lot thinner probably had lower cholesterol <laughs> pretty good chance yeah yeah and um <clears throat> so you've seen like all my years of reporting and all this stuff and actually when i was a reporter you were a dj i was and I've always asked you if you miss that. Do you miss being behind the microphone? Do you want to start your own podcast? Because I know a guy with, <laughs> with some equipment. You know, I, I, 
I do miss radio um, in the sense that it was it was just a cool job. You know, when you talk about your job, people were actively interested. You know, it was fun, too. I got to talk about music, and that's one of my passions. And, uh, yeah, it, it was great. I do miss it. I don't miss the sort of low-level hustle that I had to do. I don't miss the pay, for example. Oh, yeah, the pay you is know. terrible. When Chris and I first started dating, I, I was a reporter in Missouri, and I made $13,000 a year. And I didn't make much more. And Chris didn't make much more as a DJ. Uh, you were the mu- music director in Topeka, right, for mm-hmm. your station? Yeah. You were the mu- program, program director. You were the program, program director. director. Okay, right. so you were the program director, which is like a, a basically... I ran the station. Ran the station, right. yeah. Um, and also the nighttime DJ, which mm-hmm. back then was like the coveted spot, you know, what was like seven to 11? Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. So top dog at a radio station in Topeka. And I think you made like 15 grand. It was Topeka. It was Topeka, but still 15 grand to run a radio station. Well, well that, that's the interesting Maybe. thing is, is, is people say, well, you have all these DJs, you know, like in LA, like, uh, Ryan Seacrest make millions so you can make money. You can. You have to be lucky, for one thing. You yeah. have to be really talented. Yeah. Also, I was the kind of DJ where I wasn't a very funny DJ, but I was incredibly competent and proud of what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I focused on the skills of the, of the job at hand. Mm-hmm. I knew I was never going to be a talk radio shock jock or anything else but you, like that. But you, your gift was that you knew music. Mm-hmm. You knew music's place in the market, yep. and you knew hits. You knew what hits were, but you I think you also just knew like what a great song was. Right. You still do. Yeah. And it always amazes me how I'm I will put on music to play like on Saturday morning when we're all hanging out or, or whatever. But it's never as the same feel as if when you pick a station, but like a Pandora station or, or something. I, I get a little weird sometimes with my music. <laughs> I don't think it's that you get weird. It's that you just sort of know the vibe of of the morning or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. I, I'm very actually proud of that, actually. I like being able to find the right sound to fit whatever the mood is. Whatever the mood is. Yeah. Um, I just remember how popular we were. I mean, we were amazingly popular. <laughs> we were the toast of the town. People would stop us in the grocery store. In the mall, actually. And in the, in mall. the mall. They wanted yeah. pictures. And they wanted to take our picture because I was the... Weekend anchor for the uh, Topeka station there, which I don't even think that station exists anymore. It was KTKA in Topeka, Kansas. No, no, no. I don't think it I know exists. my old station doesn't. It's a country station now. Uh, yeah, and you were it was yours was like top forty, so mm-hmm. but it was like Brittany and NSYNC and Backstreet, all that. Christina Aguilera. Christina Aguilera, oh, lots yeah. of that. That's how old we are. And um, so like yeah, we were like this um, on air duo, a broadcasting duo, yep. making literally just barely like 30 grand a year it was so sad and i think we both just kind of realized like we are gonna have to make some grown-up decisions at some point if we want to get married and well that's what i did is you know once we got engaged i realized i couldn't do yeah you know overnights at radio stations anymore and you know i couldn't make what i was making and support us and or be you know comfortable and so that's why i decided to kind of quit radio and then start focusing more uh, like a full 180 actually and focus more on the finance business side of things um do you find which was honestly like that was a great move i'm glad that you did that me, me too <laughs> i'm really glad you did that because now we can pay our bills now we can live in luxury like now look at us we're <clears throat> we're super rich uh, 
And uh, it makes me wonder, Lou, like, do you ever feel like you missed out on anything? Do you ever think, oh, I wish I I should have gone back and pursued it more because I could have been a Seacrest or I could have been, you know, a a, a corporate level, you know, uh, in music or one of like a clear channel or something like that. Do you ever think about that? Maybe, you know, there's that side of it, but I got really burned out Mm -hmm. in Topeka. I mean, I was pulling 15, 18 hour days. Um, and once I got to that position of, of power, I'm air quoting power mm-hmm. as program director of the station, I realized I didn't really have a lot of control at all because I was still beholden to the corporate entity. So I couldn't do much. I had to, I had to ask consultants if I could play a Jay-Z song mm-hmm. and they told me no, cause he was too black. Well, okay. That's, yeah. that's a mistake. He's too urban. He's too urban, right. For the station that I was working at. And so I had to problems be fair, with it. We were in Topeka, Kansas. It was Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> I get that. But there was a station right down the road that was playing it. You yeah. know, a hundred col- times what's a the day. College station. It was uh, in, K- K- in Lawrence. Yeah, KLZR. Yeah, actually, when they went top forty, they were huge, and uh, they were just blowing us away. I will never forget when we were in college and we first started dating. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, or well, I don't even think we were. Yeah, maybe we had just started dating. Um, and you were the college DJ for KSPI in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Yes. You were the music director there. I was. All right. Which basically meant you just found whatever rando band you wanted to play and you played them. I played tons of great music. You did. <laughs> you, I know you did. You also um, were kind of like, you know. I was a snob. You were a snob, but you were like WKRP in Cincinnati. Like you were that guy that everybody knew. Maybe that's not a very modern reference. That's a incredibly dated. <laughs> even for you, that's an incredibly dated reference. What's another show? What's another? There's no other hip radio show, but you were like the guy. I that, think people get it though. You were the guy that like pulled wool as a radio DJ. Yeah. What's a modern reference for that? No, I think you just made it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so you were that guy. And I just remember um, telling people like, oh yeah, I'm dating Brooker. And they would go, oh my God, I love Brooker. Splish. Yeah, gross. Don't say splish <laughs> on my podcast. This is a clean affair. <laughs> you know I don't swear. Don't say splish. <laughs> um, but girl, all the girls would be like, oh, Brooker. So there was like, there's a little bit of a sexiness factor. There was that. To a job of, yeah. as, a, as a DJ, yeah. you know, it's a very, you know you get to go to concerts, you get to know musicians and like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of by proxy, you're like almost a musician. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> that, a, almost like a, like a promoter status. I was kind right. of in the industry, but not really. People and... would slip you their records and go, Hey man, can you hook us up? Can you play this? Yeah, they would actually quite a bit. See, there's some, there's also some cool like factor there. The part of my job at KSBI is I had office hours and I would spend three or four hours a day calling record labels or getting calls from record labels them trying to pitch a band or a product or you know a new album or whatever and uh yeah they would do exactly that they were like hey i'll send you 10 copies of this album if you can give us 20 spins this week or something like that oh that's so old school give us do you think they still talk about spins in radio or plays or you know i'd like to say yeah but i'm so out of the loop in it you know i'll bet you they do because they're still probably something kind of like comparable to that like if you put us in heavy rotation heavy rotation you know it depends on the yeah yeah Mm -hmm. But I imagine it's all, a lot of the fun is probably taken out of it because... It's controlled by three entities, It's controlled probably. by three yeah. major, yeah, yeah um, <clears throat> communications and um, companies who are probably like, well, you know they're going to play the latest Britney, the latest Justin Bieber, the latest, you know, sure, whatever, whoever sure. the big artists are. <laughs> whatever the kids are listening to. Radio is radio is in a really, really different place than, than I guess it used to be. Um, there's not much room for the indie programmers anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is corporately held. I mean... Mm-hmm. 
and I, this sounds so snobby saying it, but I haven't listened to terrestrial radio in 10, 12 years. It sounds snobby, but you also, I think, wear that as a badge of honor. I do. Yeah. The only time I listen to it is when I'm driving your car. <laughs> How dare you? Because <laughs> you, you've got car. a shitty car. <laughs> wow. And the truth comes out. I need a new car. You, what sucks is that I can't even listen to my own podcast in my damn car. That's how old my car is. I have to play it on my phone you, in my cup holder. You've got a busted hoopty. It's but literally. <laughs> who busted it, though? Hmm? Who busted my car? Uh, I don't know. You, probably. I think you need to tell America what you did to I, my car. I, I dented her bumper. <laughs> but what sucks is that now... Everybody looks at me like when I'm driving, like I'm the dummy that bumped into it. Now, to be fair, I do bump into things a lot. That's not my problem. Yeah. But people look at me like, ooh, this lady driver, this lady with a vagina driving a car backs into things. That's what you get for having a vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're so rude. Um, uh, I was going to ask you something, and you made me forget. It was about music and stuff. Um, do you, now that you're in finance, do you mm-hmm. find that when you're talking about your job, people give no Fs as opposed to when you were in music? I know that's happened to you a lot. It depends on who I talk to. So mm-hmm. if I talk to people that I'm working with mm-hmm. in my jobs, they're interested. <laughs> oh, oh sure. really? Yes. Tell me about those spreadsheets. Um, <laughs> if I'm hanging out with, with, with all your actor friends, um, they kind of nod and smile and their eyes kind of glaze over. <laughs> And eventually, they kind of start walking away from me. <laughs> They're like, he can do nothing for my career. I have to get out of here. Yes. Actually, I, I, I'm i currently working at Disney. And uh, you recently had a guest on your show. And, and he came on, and he asked me what I was doing. And I was like, oh, I'm working at Disney right now. He goes, oh, really? What are you doing? And I was like, oh, finance. And he goes, oh, so you can't help me at all, can you? Uh, <laughs> nope. Who said that? Travis? Travis. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought but was really Tra- funny. But Travis works at Disney. Travis is the voice of Piglet. Right. As a talent, oh, oh, yeah, I, I can't I help it. him. Oh, yeah, <laughs> in any way at Disney. <laughs> I get it. So that's funny, but honestly, <clears throat> that just kills me because out of everybody I've met out here or mm-hmm. everybody that I know, you are the most interesting and fun person yeah. to talk to, and people are really you're missing out, kids. If you're not, <laughs> if you're not stopping to talk to Chris Brooker and get to know this guy, um, I'll tell you all about finance and spreadsheets. <laughs> And maybe music. And maybe music. Uh, now you're getting into photography. A little bit. I like it. Yeah. 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 Taking little pictures. I'm taking some pictures. Um, how do you feel about being a dad? Is like, it just the best? I, I can't fully describe the feeling it is being a dad. In a good way or bad way? It's a great way. It's, okay. it's, it's so great. <laughs> like when you and I uh, were about to become parents, we had this perception of what being a parent would be. Right. And we were so off of everything in the yeah. best possible way. Like I expected great things. Mm-hmm. I wasn't prepared for how great it is. Yeah. Now there's some downsides as well, but man, it's just so fulfilling. She's pretty special. <clears throat> um, and I say that because this is my show and you're my husband and mm-hmm. I can do what I want. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's something pretty special about Channing. Channing. She has such personality and such big feelings and I, too, was not prepared fully for mm-hmm. the way that it would change me as a person. I find myself being nicer to people. Do you think I'm being I nice? don't see that at all. <laughs> so, so right. no. I'm regretting my decision. No, I think I'm being nicer to people. You are. You are, definitely. 
do you really think that? Or are you just saying that because... No, I've heard you talk to people and I've heard you talk about situations and things like that. And you do see it from a different perspective now. Mm-hmm. You see it, I don't want to say from the mom perspective or the grown-up perspective. It kind of is, though. But it kind of is, That's right. the one thing that's different Every <clears throat> yeah. in my life. Everything else is basically the same. I'm still a struggling actor. I'm still a wannabe writer. Mm-hmm. Um, still beautiful. Oh, get out of here. Shmoopy. 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 Oh, schmoozy. Um, cheesy. Uh, I, uh, I'm still, all of those things are still the same. The one factor that's changed is that I'm a mom Mm -hmm. and I now, it's hard for me to admit this, but I have more compassion for certain things in certain situations that I didn't before. And, uh, such as like, for example, the gorilla mom. Yeah. Um, I mean the internet. Chewbacca mom? No, not the gorilla mom. Not fucking Chewbacca mom. God. (laughs) Everyone stop with Chewbacca mom. Oh, the gorilla stop. with a with the a toddler mom. that fell into the enclosure. Yeah, okay, the gorilla okay. mom, not right. the Chewbacca mom. I hate that lady. Um, no, the gorilla mom. Like, mm-hmm. people were online just railing yeah, on this mother. Like, she was the worst person in the world. This was all her fault that this gorilla died and all of this stuff. And mm-hmm. it just, for me, was not even a question. You absolutely kill that gorilla. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I would have climbed over that enclosure myself and ripped that gorilla apart if he was dragging Channing around like that. Right. I feel like, too, a lot of the news agencies did a disservice to the public because they did not show the full video of what the gorilla was doing to the child. Right, right. All they showed were clips that were more genteel because they thought, oh, well, people can't handle it. They're not going to be able to, you know... um, uh, they won't be able to handle it if they see the full video. It'll be too shocking. And I'm like, but by not showing the full video, you're doing a disservice. You're to, making yeah. them think that this gorilla was being gentle and was not actually throwing this baby up against the side of the wall and dragging him through shit filled water and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Just showing the clip of him pulling the kid up by his diaper or whatever. Um, I don't know that whole situation and just made the, you know, everybody who suddenly wasn't a parent suddenly was like, I never would have let that happen to my kid. And that wouldn't happen to me. Well, you you, can't say that. You you can't can't say say that that. as a person. Right. And that's one thing about me that has changed because before I probably would have been like, Oh my God, this mother, what a horrible person. We both would have. We both would have because you, you get this perspective that you somehow can't uh, know what it's like to be a parent. But unless you're in the shit as a parent, you don't know. And just because you see kids uh, or people with kids, who you know, act a certain way for that hour that you're with them or whatever, it's not the same. It's not the same as being with a child 24-7 and being their parent and being responsible for their lives, but also teaching them to be independent and grow. And, you know, um, it's just not the same. So there's a lot of things I would go back and tell myself as a to maybe be less judgy, but I'm so stubborn. I don't know that I would listen. Well, we've talked about how, <laughs> you know, we've talked about that, how, how like when we got married and everyone asked us, you know, do you want kids? Are you going to have kids? Mm, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah. And we were we always kind of, we, I wouldn't say we were anti kids, but we were very much uh, on the no vote to having yeah. kids. And I mean, at one point I think we actually said, no, we're never, we're not going to do it because we just knew how we were in selfish places. Sure. We were also very poor, very uh-huh. broke. And uh-huh. when we were first married, still a little broke, but like, despite uh, the millions of dollars from this podcast, exactly. We still have bills to pay. We <laughs> still have all bills the money that just people are throwing at me. Um, we were very broke. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, we always wanted to wait till we get, till we got to that good place. And then once we finally realized, 
oh, there is no good place. Yeah. We just have to do it. <laughs> we just have to and do so it. we did it. And uh, yeah, it, it, it does change things qu- quite a bit. And we've talked about how, yeah, we were, we're big hypocrites now. Mm-hmm, because totally. Because we were those people. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, boy, were we wrong. Yeah. Um, I think we've, it's interesting how we've both sort of grown a lot. But not really. Like, I still look at you. You've told me, you've told me that you still feel like you're that 20-year-old college girl. I do. There are times in my, because I still, I think fundamentally I'm still the same. Like, I haven't really changed my core beliefs necessarily of who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't think so, right? I don't think you have either. No. We're both. I I think we're a bit more mature, you know, Mm -hmm. by default. We kind of have to be. Uh, (laughs) We have our moments. But, yeah, I think... I've always said that age is just kind of a number. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I don't feel as old as I am. I feel, I feel good. I feel like I'm, like I've always felt. It's weird because in my mind, I do still feel like I'm that twenty-year-old, like wild and crazy college kid. My body feels differently. <laughs> <laughs> my body is like, bitch, you are not twenty. <laughs> quit acting like. Quit it. acting like you're twenty. Put the beer down now. Or whatever. I, now I literally I start getting tired around ten. But I stay up because I have so much stuff to do. With you know, this I've podcast. had a ten o'clock bedtime for years. Oh, I know it's so cute that you do that. You guys, Chris goes to bed every night on the dot at like ten. And I think last night I went to bed at nine thirty. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> you need to rest. I got so much sleep. It was great. It's also why Chris has so much energy, and it's also not fair. I would like to point out how you keep getting more handsome, and no. and I. Just keep getting wider and wider. And I'm like, when do I get to get hotter? You are hotter. Oh. Than you ever have been. All right. I was fishing on that one. I, I know fishing. you were. And I went uh, right for it. Thank you. So let's talk about the podcast over the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, as you heard me say in the beginning, this has been such a wonderful experience for me creatively as a mom. I have gotten the opportunity, I've had the opportunity to meet so many wonderful people through this podcast, but also reconnect with people who I haven't seen in a while. It's also forcing me to get out of my comfort zone a little bit and share a little bit more about myself. And that was big for you. It was big for me. And I'm, you know, I'm still hesitant whenever I start talking because there's the trolls out there. You know, I post, I post that backstage article and some people were trolling hard on that. And you know, there's been a few other times when people have, have been nasty and it's not so much that I'm like, Oh my God, no, I'm not, I'm going to retreat and not share anymore. I just, um, I don't know. I just don't want to waste my energy on it. I'm like, well, then I'm just not going to share. I'm just going to keep it to myself. Um, but I, mean, I don't want to do that. It's not worth it to feed the trolls. Right. So just let them do their thing. They're, You're really good about that. Ultimately, like, they're, they're people you don't know and will never have any interaction with. Right. So, F them. I couldn't agree more, and that's why I'm so glad I have Chris here with me to keep me grounded while I'm doing this podcast. And another thing... I'm really excited that I have in my world is up for probiotics. I want to tell you guys up for has made such a difference in our world in terms of digestive issues. Channing struggled for a long time um, with some tummy issues some poo poo issues. We won't go into details because some of you might be eating, <laughs> but needless to say up for made a big difference. The kids cubes in particular is what she tried. And um, it, it's just changed the way we eat eat. It's changed the way we feel. If it's something you guys are interested in or have always wanted to try probiotics, start with up four because 
I promise you won't be disappointed. You will not want to try any other probiotics. You can find them in your local Target store or at upforprobiotics.com. They have been studied and researched for over 40 years. So you know it's a company that knows what they're doing and can be trusted. And that's really what's important when you're talking about taking supplements and putting things in your body. So check out Up4 Probiotics. They've been helping create a happier inside since 1979. I feel that way too. And we've had a lot of discussions about this, about people who have come into and out of our lives over the past 18 years that we've mm, been together. Yeah. Um, we've lost a lot of friends through. We've gained a lot more though. We, we've gained a lot more. Mm. Yeah. And that's one thing you're really good at is helping me remember that because I find that I, because I love my friends so much and I love so deeply that I take things so personally. Right. Whenever somebody hurts us or betrays us and you know, you lose friends and, um, it's tough. It's tough. And that's happened. You know, we experienced it recently with when Chan was born. Yeah. You know, we lost a couple of sets of friends for various reasons. Some reasons are still kind of unknown, unknown to us. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, we just kind of had to, all right, that's just kind of what happened. Mm-hmm. Look at all these other great people that came into our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I try to focus on the positive um, without being like... Pollyanna. Pollyanna about yeah. it. Exactly. I, I don't want to be that, but I, I feel it's important to keep that positive bent. Right. And I think you have to do that because otherwise I will literally be here like slitting my wrist. Like, <laughs> ah, why does this person not love us anymore? Why are they such assholes? Um, and then I want to run over them with my car, but I won't. So that's sad and anger. Sad and angry. Yep. Um, so you have watched me kind of be working on the show, putting my heart and soul mm-hmm. into the show over the last year trying new things yeah some things worked some things didn't um you saw all the technical issues that i had early on now i think we've got it down you know you've got it down i I've still don't know how you've done this but it's amazing um i'm always <clears> nervous <throat> to have people come into the podcast studio because it's um it, they're seeing how the sausage is made and i'm afraid they'll come in and go oh well this isn't as <laughs> this doesn't look as this isn't a recording this studio isn't, this doesn't look as sexy as i thought it did but um but you've listened to every show mm-hmm. and uh, also you've seen how I'm trying so hard to like start writing more and like yeah. being more of a presence in terms of like sharing my voice in that way. So let's talk about then some of your favorite episodes. So my favorite episodes of your podcast. Well, you know, I'm not, not being a mom. I tend to, I, I tend, <laughs> yeah. and well, your podcast, you know, it, 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 it walks that tightrope, you know, yeah. you, you do the mommy stuff, yeah. the mommy blogging type stuff. Yeah. And you also do the actory stuff. Right. So, which I think is a great tightrope walk. I mean, that's the purpose of your podcast. Right. Um, so when you can combine those two, it's perfect. I tend to gravitate more towards some of the more actory stuff. Sure. So, um, I really liked your, your justice leak interview. Yeah. Justice. Uh, that was just a fun interview. You, you guys had a really good chemistry. together. so great. Yeah. And he got so drunk. He so <laughs> <laughs> and so emotional. It was really nice. So emotional. I want to. Is would you say that one was your favorite, or was just one of the favorites? One of my favorites. I also really liked your your live. Uh, not, let me rephrase. You've had two live shows that you've done. I do. You, you did the MAH podcast live, yeah. and then you, then you did the one where you were on remote, where oh, you were at the event, yeah. and you had your little the mini big, your, uh, your, your big mi- baby shower. Yeah, you had your mini recorder, and you were interviewing people. 
I really liked the mini recorder where you were interviewing people. I just thought that sounded like a lot of fun, and I think that's something you should try more. I want to. Yeah. I'm actually hoping to go to Comic-Con and be able to do that. Oh, the problem cool. is is that I missed the deadline for Comic-Con media passes. Oh, right. I'm so mad. I mean, I missed it by like a couple of days, and yeah. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I, I've just been so behind on everything, it totally slipped my mind, mm-hmm. which is unacceptable because in Booze and Phasers, the other podcast I do, we talk about that constantly. It's also a great podcast, by the way. Also a great podcast, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and uh, so I'm so mad at myself for missing that. I think we should still go. I would love to still go ahead and go to Comic-Con and maybe I'll take my little portable podcaster and, and sure. try to interview some nerds. Yeah, it uh, be a fun episode. Speaking of booze and phasers, your interview with Claudia. Yeah. I really enjoyed as well. Yeah. Because you guys talked all geek stuff and I'm all into that too. Oh, I know. So. Uh, I know you, you know you like that. We're kind of nerds in this house uh, a little bit. Well, Chris is a nerd. I like to say... I like to say Chris is a nerd. I was a cheerleader uh-huh. with nerd tendencies. Yeah. There's a lot of times you have to explain stuff to me, which is okay. I just, one of the recurring themes in your podcast is pop culture. Like it comes up in, I would say, I would say two out of every three interviews that you've done. There's mm-hmm. been some pop culture moment where you guys talk about a movie and both of you in the room can't describe the movie. <laughs> we can't it's like, what's that movie that was in space? It was like <laughs> they had wars in all these stars. Um, they had these sabers made of light. What was that called? I don't remember. Space balls. And I'm literally screaming <laughs> wherever I'm listening to it at work in my car. I'm screaming, oh my God. Can't you? <laughs> um, it's because I seriously have so much happening in my brain. I'm I'm I am one of those people that can't remember names. Mm-hmm. I barely remember faces. <laughs> so I'm probably like the worst to talk about anything pop culture, but I love it. I know I love it. I embrace it. Like I did the thing for Wonderwall the other day, oh, yeah, a live yeah. event. And I was like, oh, we're going to talk about summer movies. And as I started talking, I completely forgot every single movie that I wanted to talk about and who starred in it. Like I couldn't remember Adam Devine's name. Mm. <laughs> I was like, I'm the worst. I love talking about it though, but I, I mostly love like joking around with people and, and stuff like that. What but was that I, movie about a man who was super... <laughs> Flew. Not. There was one when I remember you texting me. You were like, "It's Witness." You're talking about the movie Witness. What is wrong with you? And I was like, "Who remembers that?" It had that? Harrison Ford in it. He was like, "Yeah." It's from the '80s. Who remembers that far this back? Guy. Well, you were also like 50 in the '80s. But um, no, I do that a lot, and you, everybody who's listened to the show has definitely heard me go, <laughs> "Chris is gonna kill me," because you come home after. That's the first thing I say when I come in after listening to the <laughs> podcast, and like, I can't believe you couldn't remember the name of that movie, and I'm like, "Sorry, I'm such a dope, I forget." <laughs> um, that being said, I want to play uh, a quick excerpt. 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 Oh, Jesus, a quick excerpt. From the interview I did with Justice Leak, where he's talking about what he did to change his way of thinking and started booking more TV shows. Here's Justice. Doing the same thing, expecting a different result is what one of the definitions of insanity, right? So one of the turning points for for me was the show called powers on the playstation network the first Mm -hmm. time i ever got uh, recurring on anything which happened like a month or so after i did walking dead and and, that also uh, films in atlanta right insurgent yeah like atlanta mm -hmm. so i oh yeah you were on insurgent too insurgent yeah as well so um I had two auditions that I was preparing to tape to send back to Atlanta. One for a big recurring on 
the originals, which is a spinoff of Vampire Diaries, big, chunky, meaty dialogue, and then this one for a pilot called Powers, um, which is, I mean, the the sides were, you know, this, you know, douchey detective who is investigating a crime scene and there's like dildos in the corner and he's like, fuck if I know, you know, it's just this kind of thing. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I, I spent zero time looking at that audition, spent all my time working on the four page, really cool originals. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's for a werewolf actually. So, um, I spent the, good money for the good lighting and the great taping service. So I spent 75 bucks on that. And then I went over to my friend's house and gave him like 25 bucks to put me on tape for this, Uh whatever the hell powers was. And I, I couldn't even get through the audition like the, for the first three times, I just was like, "Fuck, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Could you just start again, and I'll, I'll, I don't know, I'll try something." Mm-hmm. So we're doing it. We're watching the tape back, and I don't know. At the end of the, one of the takes, this is for Powers. I like kind of roll my eyes or do something and walk off, and I was like, Gee, "What am I doing?" Yeah, I was like, "What is that?" And my buddy's like, "I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's interesting." I was almost not going to send it because really? I was like, I thought it was crazy. But here's what I learned is. I thought it was crazy because I wasn't doing what I planned to do and it was organic and it was weird to me. And uh-huh. I was like, this, this doesn't work, but because it was a surprise to me, it's a surprise to people watching it. And so it's interesting, right? Right, right. As opposed to the canned cheese that I had just done for the originals audition yeah. and figured out every single beat because I really wanted that part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I find out that I get a callback for powers, but I have to fly my ass to Atlanta to do it. So it's going to cost $600 to fly back. So I was like, Oh my God, that's so much money. But my manager was like, Hey, um, uh, the director, uh, David Slade, he just came off of doing Hannibal. He's very acclaimed. He's going to do the first two episodes. Uh, if you can just be in the room with him, he's going to have a couple more shows next year. I'll be able, even if it doesn't work out with powers, I'll be able to have a talking point. Exactly. So I did something that I've never done before, which is once I found out I had the callback, I didn't look at the material until the day of the callback, which is really hard to do, especially when it's four days later and you spent $600 to fly there. But again, definition of insanity, right? I was like, I've been, everything that I had been doing for the previous six years, I'm like, that didn't work. I'm trying something else. Right, right, right. right. And so in this case, I'm going to walk in the door and we'll see. Oh, wow. And I did it. And and you booked it. And I booked it. And Justice has also appeared in the film The Insurgents. I think it's just called Insurgent. He's also been in TV shows like The Walking Dead and Supergirl. He's really just kicking ass and taking names. Next year, he's going to be in a movie with Tom Cruise called Mina. Or Mena. I'm not sure which. But um, anyway, I loved having him on the show. That was a good show. It was a really good show. Um, And he was so gracious to come over. Here's the thing. Everybody who's come on the show that's brought me wine can do no wrong. There you go. And Justice brought me some wine and Krispy Mm -hmm. Kremes. And we were like, I was like, we're never leaving this podcast studio. We have everything (laughs) we need in this room. Um, And you also like the Claudia one. I do. What was the one that you thought was like the funniest episode that where you actually like laughed out loud? The one I laughed out loud at uh, was actually one of your more recent ones. It was uh, the... Uh, I bet I know what it is. I can't think of her name. The writer of Fresh Off the Boat that you had. Oh, Roshna Fruitbaum. You guys had... She was great. Yeah. She was really upfront and... So fun. She swore. 
which I which I appreciated, <laughs> you know. And you've always said this podcast is a little blue, but when a guest can embrace that as well, it, it makes the rapport between you guys so much better. I totally agree. I had so much fun with her. She came in and she was just all in. And what was great about that too is that she was really honest and open mm-hmm. and about her journey to becoming a writer on a major show. You know, it's not like it was interesting. It was, it was very, very interesting. interesting because she also is a mom and. Yep. Went from being a stay-at-home mom to writing on Parks and Rec and then writing on Fresh Off the Boat. I mean, what an incredible story of of success and inspiration. And honestly, after that interview with Roshna, I started – that was when I started questioning because then I had the interview with Wendy Molino from Bob's Burgers. That was going to be a, another one I was going to mention. Yeah, yeah, and I started questioning, like, am I doing – what I meant to be doing. Should I be focusing more on writing for television? Should I be mm-hmm. focusing more on um, that type of thing? And you've heard me sort of question that out loud a lot yep. because we've talked about it because the acting is not where I want it to be. Like at this point in the game, I've been acting out professionally for nine years. So we started about a year. I started doing it like about a year after we moved here. So professionally for nine years, mm-hmm. Yes, I have great credits. I've, you know, I've had some success. You've done well. But it's not where I thought I would be. So you start questioning. Like I know a lot of actors do. You start going, am I doing the right thing? Am I heading down the right path? Do people, are people going to hire me? Is this ever going to happen? And so one thing this podcast has done is help me start opening my mind to the possibility that maybe Mm -hmm. there's something else I should be doing. I mean, I know I'm not going to be a podcaster for the rest of my life. I mean, maybe, oh, who knows? The way podcasts are going, it might be. Um, so you thought the Roshna Fruitbaum one was funny, and the Wendy Molino one were very funny. And in the same vein, the Rich yeah. Keith one, one of your earlier ones oh, that you yeah. did. Oh, um, yeah. Where he, he's basically, he was an actor like you. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys shared the same stage at Acme, and then he went on to write, and now he's writing for Fuller House. Uh, I, think, yeah. I think he's got a baby on the way. He does. Now yeah. he's going to be a dad, mm-hmm. and he's... Yeah, Rich is another great example. That was a great podcast uh, example, too, of where he um, just started, like, writing a web series and uh, got it noticed by the right people. He also wrote pilots and had a writing partner, and one thing sort of led to another. Now he's a massively successful writer. So um, let's listen to a clip from the Reshna Fruitpalm interview where she's talking about moving out to LA and discovering that you could actually be a comedy writer as a job. And then we'll listen to a clip from um, Rich Keith, who is also doing the same thing. So, but writing it, So I've, I guess I've like, I used it as an outlet in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't think about it. And I moved to LA for like the very vague, like TV film. Like I just want to be in entertainment. I love TVs and Somehow, movies. Somehow, some way, yeah. No idea about anything. Mm-hmm. Still, I don't think I even thought of comedy writing as like a job that existed. Honestly, I never have either. Yeah, it's just like, if someone had told me like, oh, there are people who write TV shows, I would have been like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That's a job. But <laughs> yeah. if you're not from here or exposed to it in, in some way, way yeah. like it's, just, I mean, I'm from Ohio and I'm Indian. That combination, like when I was like, I'm gonna move and try and get TV and movies. People were just like, Ugh. okay, you might as well have been like, see you I'm back going here in a moon. year. Yeah, <laughs> see you back here in a year. That's adorable. 
So that was Rushna Fruk Bomb. She is a writer on Fresh Off the Boat. And now I want to play you a quick excerpt from my friend Rich Keith, who was an executive producer on the CW's show Significant Mother and now is a staff writer on Fuller House. What? Here's what he has to say about what he learned as an actor improvising scripts and improvising lines in the audition room and why he would never do it now. But so I went in for the sort of the test with Sheree and I improvised a lot just because I don't know. I felt like improvising a lot. I now that I'm a writer, I hate when people do that. But uh, I improvise. Do you really? Uh, in the audition room, I hate it if they do it in a way that changes the meaning of the scene. Because for the audition, you're going to have to say what we wrote when you get on set. So you have to be able to pull that off. If you want to add to it, that's fine. But a lot of improv, I find, is because people don't know how to connect to the material or pull it off. So they, they have all this great improv, but it's like, well, we're not going to use that. So... You know, when I if I have an improv show, I will definitely call you. But I need someone that can say these lines because we spent six months and rounds of notes, and it's not just that I need you to say it. The network might, ha- you know, one line might be from the network that we have to have in there, and if I don't know if oh, you can wow. say it, so that's uh, yeah, you never know where why those lines are in there. See, that's really interesting to hear from an actor's mm-hmm. perspective specifically because I will go into an audition sometimes, and. Um, if I improv a line, it's usually because I've maybe forgotten what and that's I'm that's different. Say. You can tell when someone does that. Yeah. It's more when they come in and have just been like, we had a couple people come in, I think that maybe had more of a stand-up background, and they were very funny, but they were just so busy doing their, their thing. Their Yeah, and so I don't, hopefully that's not what I was doing, but I just was trying to, honestly, uh, sorry, Trip, but the character didn't have any jokes and it was a comedy. Yeah. So I tried to add some jokes. I was trying to be careful not to change the character and the other EP, other than Trip, in the room was like, um, Rich, you're, this is Cherie's show and you know it's all about her. And I'm like, right, but Cherie has her job already. Oh, so this audition's right. about me getting the job. So I was like, if you hire me, I will say all these words, <laughs> but right now I need to get you to hire me. They did not hire me. Oh. <laughs> but Trip called my manager and asked if I was a writer. And so it turns out I was. That's fantastic. Yeah, I was very. Yeah. I just gotten back from getting engaged to my wife. So that was Rich, and he's gonna be a dad now. So maybe I'll have to have him come <laughs> back on. That'd be a good follow up. Uh, and be like, hey, buddy. So how's life now? Yeah, probably be the same. He's probably gonna be just still funny and sweet. Well, ask how the you know the baby dynamic kind of kicks yeah, in. Yeah, I'll see if he wants to come back on. I haven't had a repeat guest yet. That's amazing to me, you know, and that's yeah. just a testament to your hard work. Is also is every week. You've had someone, whether it's been on Skype, whether mm-hmm. it's, it's live, whether you've been somewhere or something like that. It's you've always been able to fill the material. Yeah, I think, too, one thing I set off to do or set out to do with this is that I didn't want to do what other people wanted. <clears throat> like, I'm not pandering to my audience. Like, if I did a show every week that was just for moms, I would get bored. Right. Like, that would make me bored. And I think that if people were listening to that, they would be like, oh, another mom thing. I think that also isolates a lot of my audience because I think some people listening are not necessarily moms. And maybe they're just more interested in the acting episodes and the producing and the writing episodes. I also um, enjoyed, you know, a couple of my favorite episodes. Really, the ones that I thought were like, this is fascinating, was the one I did with Yalda Uhls. 
Dr. Yalda Uhls. Yeah, the uh, the, the medium the, um, digital moms, the digital, digital moms, dads. Yeah, dig, yeah. Uh, medium moms and digital dads. That's it. That's it. And it was a book she had written yeah. about um, screen time for your kids and the influence of screen time. Fascinating. I read her book before the interview because I wanted to come from a place of knowledge with my questions and not sound like a total dope. Mm-hmm. And plus, it was one of the earlier podcasts. And it was just great, like so interesting to me. And I really wish more people would have listened to that and took what, taken what she said to heart. It was a great interview. You know, like I said, I, I prefer the actor side, but from the, the mom or the parent, parent side, side of things, yeah. that, was, that was a really, I think it was a really important podcast to listen to, actually. It was very important because screen time is so big right now with right. parenting. Well, and especially with the amount of violence that people are seeing. Oh yeah, on TV. Yeah, today now more than ever. People are attributing, you know, these the mass shootings and all that stuff to the amount of violence that kids are, you know, seeing on TV and in the home and in movies and and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, Dr. Uhls also talked to me about the importance of parents thinking twice and being very careful with what they're posting of their children online, and the dangers that are involved with posting too many pictures of your kids. Kind of some cautionary things parents need to look out for. I love talking to her. Her book is called Media Moms and Digital Dads. Here's an interview, a little little clip I did with an interview with Dr. Yalda Uhls. My friend Natalie and I were talking about this the other day, and um, I said I made a comment about um, how I was excited about interviewing you because I wanted to ask you about you know parents posting topless pictures of their kids and things like that. And um, she said, well, we just have to stop sexualizing kids. And my feeling is that it's like... I, I don't know that we can make predators stop sexualizing kids, but we certainly don't have to make it easier for them by putting stuff out there with our kids naked or their rashes or their butts or, you know? Yeah. And I would, I'm not sure that's sexualizing. It's just sharing these bizarre parenting things or trying, you know, Mm -hmm. who knows what, what the motivation is. I mean, well, I think by saying that it's, um, that it's kind of creepy or that it's, you know, makes people uncomfortable to see naked pictures of your kids, um, online. Uh, she was saying that that was sexualizing the kids. Like, why would it make you uncomfortable? It's just a naked, you know, four-year-old. And I'm like, well, it doesn't make me uncomfortable, Uh, but I know that there are some grown men or women, you know, who, uh, who may be uncomfortable by that. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're certainly a, dark dark side to the internet mm-hmm. and and you never know what's what's going to happen to the photo i have teachable moments a few teachable moments on the in the book and i'm building that part up on my website where you know basically worst case scenarios of what have what has happened mm-hmm. and you know you i've used them i use them with my kids i started when they were very young talking to them about mistakes children and adults made thinking that what they posted was private and the consequences of that Mm -hmm. and you know you really have to think about that you know it's it you I know people in my daughter's school who are doing just stuff that you just don't even think it's you think it's in the news but it's happening to children all the time so on top of just thinking about your own actions and what you're modeling for your children and their privacy you also have to think about what are you teaching them And if you're teaching them that it's okay to post anything like that online, 
it's going to make your job as a parent very much harder when they're a teenager and they're they're thinking it's okay to post like yeah. half naked pics or yeah. whatever like and oh. you'll be, you won't be wanting them to do that no and they're going to need to learn what is appropriate and not appropriate and if you haven't modeled for them smart you know posting reflecting before you hit that button mm-hmm. um they're not going to learn it as easily such great information there from Dr. Yalda Ools. Again, the name of her book is Media Moms and Digital Dads. Yeah, I definitely, that's definitely Good still stuff. one of my favorite interviews. I enjoyed talking to her a lot. Um, what would you say? What was the other question um, I wanted to ask you? Because I remember I texted you and I was like, hey, so here's a couple of things that we might talk about. Um, we did funniest. Oh, which episode did you learn the most from? Um, the Rosie Pope interview. Oh, Actually, really? I... She was really good. She was really good, and she knew what she was talking about. Um, the Sarah Haley interview as well... Oh, my God, yeah. ...was really good, because she really talked a lot about uh, postpartum exercise. Yeah. Um, which I thought, wow, that's that's fascinating, and um, I think very, very important to know. Um, who would you like to see come back on? Is there anybody who you like, oh, I'd like to see that guest or hear from that person again? Well, I think the Rich Keith interview would be would be would worthy be of yeah. of revisiting once again. Yeah, that's um, true. Um, yes, I can't think of anyone in particular right now. They're you all have, just we, blending together. Well, you've had a lot of great guests. You know, I also really like you know that one actor. I can't think of her name right now. Oh, um, now who now can't it's think me. Of names? Now it's me. Now who's a big dog? She was on Judging Amy. Oh, uh, Jill Armanante. Yes, yes. yes. Um, I, I thought that was a great interview because you and I have watched her for years on TV and yeah. loved her and stuff like that. And, and I was so shocked that she agreed to yeah. come and be on my show. Yeah. Because I had only met her one time when I was on Fresh Off the Boat. It was very brief or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was like a year prior. And I was I asked her, you know, on a whim because she's a mom of two girls. And I was like, I don't know if she'll come on. And she totally did. It was totally game for coming to my house and being on my show. And, and her personality on air was not what I thought it was going to be. Oh, really? Like I expected one thing and I got something else. Yeah. And, not, and not in a bad way right. by any Just means. Surprising. But I was like, wow, she is a theater person. Like yes. a true stage theater person. I did not know that. So I thought that was fascinating to learn. And She's definitely about. one of those um, actors that makes me feel like a phony like I'm right. like, man, I don't know a lot of theater actors. I don't know the names of people who are winning Tonys and right. whatnot. Um, we did have Daisy Egan on. Yes. She was a Tony Award winning actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I feel like I should know more theater actors and stuff like that. But I just don't. I'm so bad at it. I think also too because I wasn't really immersed in theater. I did it for a while in college. We both did. Yeah. But then moved over to broadcasting and right. and uh, took the leap there. Um. And let's see who, if, if you could, if you know, I could, if you could interview anybody in the world in the next year, mm-hmm. who would you like to see on the show? Um, well, you know, you have your white whales that you want on the show, yeah. right? Your Reese Witherspoons, Jessica your Jessica Alba. Alba, you know, I think those would be fascinating to listen to. Um, do you really? I've heard Reese Witherspoon is not very nice. I've heard I she can be kind of snobby. I don't know. But you you yeah. would really want to listen to you as Chris Broker would really be fascinated with an interview with Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, I think it'd be neat. No, you wouldn't. Pick, who do you want like? I, okay, I think maybe 
Uh, maybe musicians who are parents mm-hmm. might be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, pick a famous musician, you know, who, who has a kid. Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani would be a good get. Yeah. Uh, that, that would be See, fascinating. that's what I'm thinking to. of. Is like, yeah. I think that that would be something more up your alley, especially because I think you pretty much discovered them. Right? I did. I did. <laughs> I was the first person in Oklahoma Ooh. to play No Doubt. So there you go. No Doubt. Um, every time I hear no doubt, I think of no diggity, no, no doubt. doubt, because that's just because I'm gangster. You are gangster. Um, Gwen Stefani would be a huge, I would love to have her on the podcast. Well, doesn't like even I'll like Christina out. Aguilera have a, have a kid now? She's two, She's two kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so yes, uh, some musician. I don't really want to interview Christina I don't Aguilera. think she would do your interview. <laughs> how dare <laughs> you? <laughs> to be honest. You think she would do my show? <laughs> no, she wouldn't. Mm, how, how dare you? I <laughs> I mean, I barely came onto this. Wow. So, little, and little, I had to book it with your agent months in you advance. You did. You did. I'm surprised at, honestly, the number of people who have said no. Because there's a lot of, like, B, C, D level actors who I've reached out to and been like, hey, you have this project coming up. I'd love to help you promote it. Sure. Or I'd love to sure. talk to you about it. And You've got a couple, you know, decent names as well that you've reached out to yeah. that have just been like, nope. Yeah. Um, and there are people, there are people will email me back and go, um, what is your social media following? And I'm like, really? Does that oh, matter? Oh yeah. This is free press for you. It's half an hour of your life. And they're not impressed with my social media following. So they say no, or they'll just flat out ignore me altogether, which yeah. is hurtful and mean. Everything in this town I'm learning, and especially I've learned through this podcast is that yep. your presence on social media is paramount like it has to you have to have a presence on social media you have to have people who are essentially following you and want to hear what you have to say if you have a hundred twitter followers that's not going to help anybody no but if you have fifty thousand twitter Mm -hmm. followers or fifty thousand instagram likes or whatever uh then that might help them and that might give you a leg up yeah it's that side of the business for me has probably been the most eye-opening through this whole process because it's new it's so new i I knew you needed to be popular in social media i didn't know to the extent like just how popular you you really needed to be and that has been really eye-opening to me as well um but i reach out to i mean i reach out to a variety of people because i'm curious like i have it's whatever pops into my mind as something I want to talk about sure. and what I'm curious about and what I want to know more about. And so I will find someone who can come in and talk to it. That's for me, one of the most empowering things about this podcast is that it's I'm yours. It's mine. And I decide like mm-hmm. working in news for so long and honestly working as an actor, you're like told what to do by the executive producers and the powers that be of your show. Right you know, go cover this story or you can only say these lines and stand here or whatever. One of the most empowering things about this podcast is that I get to decide I'm in charge. I decide who I interview and you know what I cover and what events I get asked to go to. And you have, and that's why you've had actors on the show. You've had writers on the show. You've had Mm -hmm. authors on the show. You've had uh, workout specialists on the show. You've had, a nutritionist on the show, Lisa. Um, yeah. It's all it, it's all diverse, and it's at that moment that's what you wanted to talk about, what you wanted to hear. And right. I think and that's some, so great. There's more variety coming up in the next few months because I've got a lot of different. I've got people already booked. Um, Ooh, tell me. Ooh. <laughs> it's gonna be a big surprise for you. Um, I've already got a bunch of different, you know, people booked, and I, it's more. It's been a, a huge part of like self exploration too for me as an actor, me as a mom, mm-hmm. um, as well as a creative outlet. And, and 
I've just enjoyed doing it so much. It's still growing too. It's yeah, still, it's you're still, still learning. It's not like I'm wrapping it up, guys. This is not the end. This is just more of like a, this is a retrospective. And in conclusion. And in conclusion, this is the final episode. Um, no, you're still, you're still learning. You're still growing and it's still, it's still new to you. You're like every week, something else pops up that's new to you that yeah. you question yourself or you question the podcast or you question, you know, what you're doing. And, uh, you work through it. I think 10 years ago when we first moved out here, I was very much like a sponge sort of soaking things up. And I thought in 10 years from now, when I'm a huge star, I will have learned everything I need to know and you know, all that stuff. And I'm finding that it's just the exact opposite. Like right. I need to learn even more late at night is when I come up with all my ideas and it's when I'm the most tired after being home with Chan all day. Yeah. You know, and it's like the hardest for me to... You guys, you don't understand this woman. She, yes, she takes care of our daughter every day. <laughs> um, sometimes 12 hours a day, she'll get up with her and she'll put her down for bed at night and then she will stay up an additional six hours after Chan's <laughs> bedtime till two or three in the morning researching, mm-hmm. you know, writing, Watching Outlander for some reason. <laughs> I knew that was gonna come there. For some reason, it's the best show. Time on travel TV. sex show. It is totally my time travel sex show. Oh my god, I do not like redheaded men, but that dude <laughs> is. Hot. Yeah, he's dreaming. Sam Brahog. Yeah, he's dreaming. Yeah, he's pretty dreamy. Yeah. <laughs> don't say dreamy. Oh. Um. Sploosh. Oh, don't say sploosh again. That's two splooshes in one show. Sorry. Maybe you should come on and be my co-host every week. You think this Look is good? Look at this witty banter this we're is, having. This is good rapport. <laughs> What's funny is that this is literally what our house is like. This is how day. we talk, like around the dinner table. We're ridiculous. That's why Channing swears so much. There's also a lot of swearing, <laughs> yeah. There's also a lot more of like, you know, do it. Are you listening? A grunty type stuff. It's not all perfect, guys. We're not ju- We're not Instagram fake. We are real fake. We're real fake. <laughs> this is... We are real people living real lives. No, but you know we don't we don't really fight. No, that much. Yeah, like no, too. actually, I mean not at all. We'll snip at each other. All married people do. Yeah, but we don't we don't fight. There's no. nothing big enough to fight about. No. Um. Any other party thoughts that you would like as the head QA or head QC quality control for motherhood in Hollywood? Am I going to have to keep listening to the episodes? Yes, one hundred percent. All right. So I'm kind of locked into that position <laughs> there, aren't I? Okay. You never have to listen to them. I just always appreciate it because as you did, especially early on, because I was having a lot of technical difficulties sure. and I wasn't like, I was always afraid that I would miss something that didn't make sense or mm-hmm. there would be a massive glitch in the middle of it. But now I think I'm hoping knock on wood, I've got it down. I'll be there to listen to them. Oh, Every single one. I know you. I right. listen to each episode the day or two days before it even posts. So I get the sneak peek. So I can make any corrections. Mm-hmm. What I 100% need you to do is continue helping me spell check. Yes. All my posts. Yeah. Good God, yes. That is one thing. Channing spells better than you. <laughs> Shut up. That she doesn't even so know her letters yet. And she uh, knows how to put words together. How dare you? That's so rude. <laughs> I'm a pretty terrible speller. I think it's more like... Honey, a, you spelled cat wrong. I, I, don't, think, I don't know how you did that. I think it's more like I'm a bad typer. Mm. Well, yeah, I can see that. Your brain gets ahead of your fingers. Yeah, yeah. because I'm typing really fast, and then my phone will um, 
add it like auto text or whatever and i'm type 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 type. she does all of her work on her phone too i do a lot of it on my uh, all posts we're, yeah. we're recording on her phone on right my now. phone right now yep. get it um where would you like to see motherhood in hollywood go <laughs> You know, I think you're moving in a really good direction. I know it feels like sometimes that you've kind of hit a plateau, mm-hmm. but I think that's where you need to be right now. You need to establish your product, and I think that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think as you establish that product, more people are going to listen to it. More people are going to go back and listen to old episodes. Mm-hmm. And I think you just need to continue going on the same path you're, you're going and keep getting those good guests. Keep getting those inter- interesting guests. See, it's more about interesting for me. Like, I know some people were like, oh, you know, you're just doing, like, f- trying to do famous moms. And I'm like, no, I don't think I've actually had, like, famous moms on. It's really just been more about who I think has an interesting story to tell. And quite frankly, who I want to talk to. And that's your voice. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to get out there. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, I'm a mom. I'm also an actor. This is what I think is, in, is interesting to me at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to know more about this topic. And I'm just so grateful that the five people who regularly listen are also. And uh-huh. I'm one of those five. <laughs> are, also, are also on board with that. Um, any parting words? That was pretty good. But anything else you want to say to the Motherhood in Hollywood audience? You guys just keep listening. Keep supporting. Please subscribe. And uh, we love you. We love you. <laughs> What? <laughs> People are going to think I made you say that. You did. I did not make you say you that. You make me you say s- everything. You stop. I did not make you say that. <laughs> also, we don't love all of you. All right? Love is a strong word. We love your support. <laughs> there is, you go. is what I meant to say. <laughs> we love your support, and, and we love the kind words and the support we've received from our friends and from fans and yeah. from everything else. And I'm saying we. I mean, Heather yeah, loves you're it. Yeah, you're a part of this, yeah. man. You're, you're in it to win it. You're, you're in the loop. You um, are my meal ticket, so this better take <laughs> off so I can quit finance. All right. Fair enough. Um, well, thank you, as always, for listening. And always. My sounding board. Always. Love That's you. what I'm here for. Love you. Love you. All right. Um, thank you guys again for listening and for being a part of my world and my podcast for the last year. It has truly meant um, so much to me. Every tweet. Every Instagram like and comment, um, everybody who's following me on Facebook, I see you, I appreciate you, and I hope that somehow you are getting something out of this relationship as well, because it's definitely not a one-way street for me. I appreciate and I see everything you say, and it does mean the world to me. So thank you all for listening and supporting. We have lots more amazing guests coming up over the next few months and hopefully a few years. And we'll just continue to uh, grow motherhood in Hollywood. And uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Speaking of all that, find motherhood in Hollywood on Twitter at MIH podcast and on Instagram and Facebook at motherhood in Hollywood. Also, don't forget to go to motherhood in Hollywood right now and make sure that you, um, Oh wait, no, I guess by the time this comes out, the contest will be over. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, you guys, and making this the best year ever. Remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. Watch you, watch you. One, two, one, two. Is that what mommy says? Mama funny. Is your mama funny? Yeah, mama funny. Am I funny? Yeah. Are you funny? Yeah.
Is Johnny funny? Yeah. Balls.